Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hello, everybody, and Don't you're all very it. welcome to, to the Tommy, Hector, and Rita podcast. I watched an interview with uh, Geldof, which really interested me. Uh, Bob Geldof was talking to this fella, Sir Alan Yentob. Uh, Sir Bob Geldof, he's called. You know, interesting, That's isn't what he? he is called. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Heaney refused it. Hmm. Mm. And Bob took it, so it's interesting. But, but Ge- no, Geldof he was from a different area. Yes, he was from the, b- the, di- the, the Badger Ditch up. He'd be very much frowned upon, I would say. Yeah. But anyway, so um, Geldof, uh, is, is the first time I've seen him looking old. He's 72, 71 or 72. It's a yeah. fucking mighty age for me. And a mighty it, head of hair. What yeah. do you mean a mighty age for a man? What, like... I'm, that's a great age for a man. Do you think that's? I'm talking. Are to you Hector. happy to be? I am talking. Are you happy? I'm, talking, I'm talking to Hector. I'm talking to Hector. Yes, here. you mind your own business. That's a mighty. We're age. not talking about girl stuff. We you did, can we battle a bucket when we want you to talk, Larissa. Um, for men, think, when men, when men go through sniper alley. Yeah. Yeah, but do you think We've, that's a good age? Th- You'd be happy enough to get to that age. Um, do you think it's a bonus to get to that age? I had an, I had an, uh, I had, I told you about the time I went to the lady who told me when I was going to die. I told you that before. The astrology thing. I did, I told you No, that. you never told us about Excuse, excuse me, I've told you everything in my life. No. I must have told you this. <laughs> no, you, Tommy, you never told me you went to an astrologist. Yes, yeah, it was. Uh, an astrologist? Yes. They are, are they, are two astrologists? This was read? a proper, back in the. Astrologists that like tell you when. Not like Russell, ha- the fellow who does it in the star. <laughs> Hello That's there. horoscope. Today, horoscope. Leo is very strong. Leo is very strong today, and uh, Virgo Colour is poppers. rising. <laughs> um, was that on morning sorry, television? Astrologists—they're people who so- study the stars. The stars. Yes, they don't read your fortune. Well, dig this. So, in the late eighties, wasn't the woman outside the Ulster Bank years ago from the Clada? Madam Bridget. She's with the, with the pearls. Madam Bridget was the best astrologist go has ever seen. Um, Ed Sheeran's uncle. Bill Sheeran used to have a shop on Key Street opposite the Keys pub where he would um, he would get the uh, coordinates of your birth and he would 
be able to get lay his hands on the constellation of stars and energies, planets, moving things in the sky that were around when you were born. And he would be able to, his job was, was to kind of, he was of a belief that that affected your personality in some right, way. Okay. Yeah. And there was another, there's a woman then who worked with him called Pearl. And uh, for my birthday one time, back in 89 or 1990, I got a present of uh, going to Pearl and Pearl got my my full chart out of when I was born and uh, yapping away and kind of, you know, I mean, I don't remember any of it, but I do remember saying to her, now, Pearl, when will I die? And she said, I don't normally give out that information. And I says, it is my birthday. Could you please tell me when I'm going to die? And she said, okay. And she unfurled the sheet that little bit more. And she says, I reckon you're going to die at this particular stage of your life. And she told me. And? Time on, Tommy. What? Tell us. Tell us more. Can, what can't, That's you like can't fucking, tell us. If Pearl told you, you can tell us. It's like us. a missing six pages in the book. Give it the fucking yes, full. Yes, you can tell us. Don't give it the full there, Don't you dare. I can't. You can't Tommy, tell us. Hang on I can't tell you. Why? You can tell Because you'll be worried. You're the one that's Don't going to die. Don't look at Rita. Look at fucking You're me. You're the one that's going to die. We're not worried. You're, that's you'll die, not us. Give us. Cold hearted bitch. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? It's not, it's not our problem. We it's none of our business. It's none of our, that's your own business, as I like to say. That has absolutely nothing to do with it. No, I don't want to be worrying you or no, upset you. No, you won't worry people that I can't say because... You can, you can, Tommy. of course. Nobody will care. Tommy, okay, it's only I, us and the listeners. Okay, I'll write it down because I don't want this information well, we'll to get guess. What? Okay. Tommy, did she give I you... A, g- can I ask you a question? A did Pearl give you a number that's right there? Yeah. That's Mark Pearl. Okay, and this was in 1990. Here's a pen. Okay. And she told me when I was going to die. But no, you can't tell any. You can't tell my anybody who's related to me. Okay. That, so swear, or, swear now, or that I'm right. Okay, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> swear okay. now, swear now on THL it's that swear. this never, I don't need to this swear. never I leaves this room apart from here. I swear on this. Okay. Oh so this swear. happened. This ha- I asked her. Um, I, I, I is this in your, Has this always been in your head since you said this to you? Yeah. So what are you going to do the day it happened? Your birthday? Are you going and to die on the day, day of your birthday? Day? And she also, she, 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 she also told me what it's going to die of. I'm, oh, brilliant. Write that down too. Tell us that too. So do you wake up the day of your birthday and go, oh my God, I'm still alive. I know that he's past this age. I know that he's gone forward and he doesn't have to worry about it anymore because that's the vibe I'm getting here now. What I'm feeling here is that he has passed <laughs> He has, he has passed you have to it. Wait till the end now to You've see passed it. it. You've passed that age. Yeah, I know what? you have. She thought he was going to die sooner than that. Okay, I'll show because you. But if, you, if, you, if, you if promise this, me. If, if this was 1990. I promise you. Hang on. 1990, 2000, 2010, 20, 2020, 30. 32 years 32 ago. 32 years ago. I guarantee you she thought that it would have been. He wouldn't have been alive at this age. You ready? I, okay. That's anyway, the, I promise that's I won't ever tell anyone ever okay, again. We can, t- we can talk about it, but we, we don't mention it to anybody else. Don't okay. ever mention Wish this. Wish you Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't need to know this now. I don't want to know this. You see, I told you. No, but I don't want to know it now. I don't it's want to know this. It's too late now. We know it's true. It's anyway, so. Oh. 
We'll have a long time to wait so, anyway. So, so, so no, we won't sign any long-term contracts. <laughs> when, 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 <laughs> oh yeah, go on about Geldof. So I was thinking, um, anyway, I, I would be more interested in where a person is conceived rather than where they're bo- born. Because when you're born, you're just moving from one side of the stomach to the other. But when you were conceived, where were you conceived? Yeah, but we don't Jesus. know that. Where were you I'd conceived? Say it was every, I'd say it was in the front room in Knockumber way back in the, the day. The front room in the sitting room? The front room in Knockumber. Yeah, well, no, we had a bedroom all had, No, the front room. We'd, hmm. Over the, the back of the couch. Over the back of the couch. Bungalows are normally a front bedroom. Do you know those bungalows? Where would you I'm say you were sure conceived, they didn't Sit down and say, let's like. I 1969, mean, 17th of August. Suppose I was probably consumed. 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 <laughs> no, but you, hang on. you were born on the 17th of August. Oh, yeah, so conceived nine months before that. Well, so nine months before August is. Is it January? It's No, it's December. Christmas. So it was a Christmas, Christmas. ride. Was, it was <laughs> a Christmas ride in Navin. After the bath. Mince pies and a bloody nice whiskey. Christmas out. night after a load of whiskey and, and trifle. And Freddie would have been asleep upstairs. Freddie. How old had Freddie been? Freddie was, Freddie's three years older, two years, three years older. So I'd say around the time where all the Cubans and the Carties and the, and the awards and all of them got together and they played cards and they drank whiskey and they probably came back home in the car that night, black and white, into the front room and pulled those lovely velvet curtains and put on a little bit of fire with a few bags of coal. And the TV was on. And my mother walked into the room. There was a couch. There was a sort of a trolley where my dad would keep drinks on, like a posh golden trolley. And then... Uh, they play airplanes. Yeah. And he'd be... It was around that time. So Christmas time. Wow, December 68, I was conceived. In the front room in Navin. Larissa, when do you reckon you were... I don't know, sure. It was September. But when was that? That was January. January. What December, year? December, January. To 82, would have been. 82. Were you December conceiving as well? Who won the Premiership that year? Aston Villa. Well, the Premiership <laughs> wasn't the height of our was there a priority in Knockmore, I imagine. I don't know, like, I was the youngest. I'm so in sure. the house, probably. In the in, in, in the house. In, wasn't in the, away in a in the conceiving place. Wasn't a B&B or wasn't a hotel. It was in the house. It must have been in the house, yeah. Did your mother ever talk to you about, um, we're, about physical relations? No. Did you ever hear... Ever. I never heard no, anything. I never heard like sex like, in the house. Did like you ever hear sex oh, in the house? Fucking did you? I'll get on to that. You ne- uh, no, Tommy, don't get on to that. You never heard sex. Ah, really. stop. Oh. Just, um, stop. No, Tommy, did you, no. Did your, 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 ma- your mum never said to you, oh, you know. I, I remember know. the day. Well, no, no, let's let's follow this line here for a second. Like your mum never said to you, oh, you know. I, like, I how, how, how old was your mum when she passed? She's 74. 74, okay. Was there a time maybe, I don't know, Five years before that, or ten years before that, or you know, where she was, she goes, "Oh, I, t- I just don't feel up to it anymore." No, or... Tommy, why would she say that? Because your mother said those things to their, their daughters. Mother, did, you don't did, say that. Oh, I couldn't be bothered. Can I ask you, now, your mother and dad? Not that I couldn't be bothered, but you might say, "Oh, I just don't." No, no. they shouldn't say. They might say no, it now. Never right, let's get more you. romantic here. Did your dad and mum ever go in for a drink in Balnana Sunday night? Did they go to the local pub? Did he go off for a little excursion in the car to the bottom of Niffin, or did they go up to the yeah, top? They used to go to dinner dances and oh, they used to go out that's better. things like that but I was born then so I remember so, that yeah. but I mean no why would you be saying that to your mother about can I ask you about the, the, the did your mother did your, your father ever say oh Jesus I can't wait of course he didn't say anything I'm was, your mother, say the line was your mother and father's bedroom a back bedroom or a front bedroom it was a front bedroom and what was the bed like 
was it a big masterful 1970s majestic big house bringing you mattress big well no the house wasn't built until I arrived born so, so it was a new house when we when I was born so you know just and what was their bedroom was a big bedroom it was just like and a wardrobes. normal and a dressing table yeah that the old classic furniture there was the furniture there was furniture in it and there was carpet on the floor oh believe it or not oh, and the electric blanket yeah, my mother had to have a single one. My father didn't want an electric blanket, so she just had a hardy electric, man of the land. She just uh, wanted an electric blanket on her side. Yeah, oh. so yes. And the bedside lockers with lamps. <laughs> my mother used to sleep under the tricolor. <laughs> Tommy, tell me about your. Honest or so over? I was conceived. I am fairly sure. Now, how would you no, know Tommy, this? You unless you know ask. This. Did you talk to Kevin about this? No, but I imagine I'm, sitting down. No, Kevin, no, how are you doing? Kevin, we'll have oh, a point. How are you? Where did I get conceived? He'd well, you'd what? never ask your father. Exactly, and you were asking me ask about my mother. You'd, you'd my ask mother, Kevin, like. and Kevin would know. I was out at a farm that afternoon at about four o'clock, and I remember your mother would fry you with a bit of liver and a. That, is that an impersonation of my, yeah. my father? And uh, off the, off. I went down, I had three points of Clems. It's all doctors. Yeah, no, I. From the small bit of, I don't know for a fact, but from the small bit of digging. How did that you piece it together? My small bit of digging. That to myself. Bergerac. My sisters. Uh, and oh, you brought the whole team and in. And information from aunties and uncles. The aunties were all looking in the window. The information that we have is that I was conceived in London. Um, and shortly thereafter, out of wedlock. Out of I was conceived out of wedlock, and then shortly after that, then they would have got married. Oh, uh-huh. I think they got married of a November, nineteen sixty-eight, and I was born in June, so I would have happened into were, existence about the previous August. You were so fermenting. What yeah, was what was September? What was that? The Kevin and your mum were they living in London at the time? Yeah, my mum was going to art college, and I've no idea. So what my mum worked in London in the sixties as well for the for the post office. And so did my mother. <gasps> my yeah. mother worked for the English post office, Central, Royal Mail, Royal Mail in London, and my dad was learning to be a tailor. Uh, in London. So your mum and dad were in London and your mum was an air hostess for Pan Am Airways in London. Isn't that mad that it's brought us together? London right. has brought London. us together. London. London. But anyway. So Tommy, you were conceived in London. That's oh, what so I think. that's why there's a bit of traveller blood in you. Was it a, was it a flat? Was go. it a flat in Brixton? Where was it? Telephone Where box. was it? Was I, it Clapham Common? I don't know. It might have been a telephone It might have been a wild one. It might have been a wild public toilet. Urgent. Uh, just in Hyde Park Corner just like horses rearing up <laughs> he's coming he's coming he's coming he's so coming. I it might f- have been one of those just tempestuous <laughs> those Vanish, blood filled just moments of Lost. pure dynamic but, but the love between and them at that time strong love I don't know young love <laughs> young London love Tommy Maybe. young London yeah, love tempestuous I'd say young Irish good. couples in London in the late 60s when the fucking oh, mini skirts and the Beatles and the Beatles and the, the Rolling Stones Carnaby Street and the small faces oh, and yeah ah oh, come on mini lads. skirts and my generation. generation ding 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 um, yeah Manfred Mann <laughs> <laughs> The trills, the new seekers. The monkeys. The monkeys. What a great time. Silla Black. All the so, greats. Silla Black. Okay. Donovan. Here, here's the one. Not Jason. You're talking about conceiving. Tell me about your birth. Because you know about my birth and how troubled it was and my transfusion. That's they right. say how you come into the world has a lot to do with how you 
go on your journey through the world. So tell me about your so birth. I don't know nothing about my birth. How did you come into the Shouting. world? Was it a breach? Was it a C-section? Was it easy? Did you flow in? Was it a, were you anything? Was there any complication? Or did you just pop out and say, here I am and here I go? Would you have the um, courage now, either of you, to do, to, what's it called? To, for rebirthing. What well, rebirthing. Yeah, go on. This well, is an interesting give thing it now. To me. So what? No, just <laughs> <laughs> ah, rebirth. Steady on. <laughs> We're talking about having a child there. Do you see how practical she was? Yeah, There's yeah. no romance or nothing. Give it to, give nothing. It give it to like, me, baby. Uh-huh. I, was in, I was in the moment there. Give what is just me. pure fucking agricultural? Give it to me. Um, <laughs> this is the first time you described so me it's as agricultural. It's about re- revisiting. You can revisit your birth. Rebirth. Be, uh, re- Rebirth. Be reborn so again. You do it reborn. with, um, there was a, there is and there was a brilliant psychiatrist by the name of Dr. Ivor Brown. Is that him? Ivor Brown. And, Wasn't uh, he on your... No. No, no, no. You're thinking of your man, Dr. Brown from Connemara. That What's his first name? Noel Brown. Noel so this Brown. is Ivor Brown. And so Ivor would have been uh, an amazing psychiatrist. Yes. And... Uh, then started to have adventures. Worked in St. Pat's in the the football club, the, the big, the big, the, the school we went to in Navan, uh, the big psychiatric hospital. And then started to formulate his own ideas about too many people on the wrong type of medication, and we're not doing them any favors. So started doing experiments, maybe I think with like LSD and stuff like that, and then had these ketamine adventures. Mm-hmm. So what he would do is, this is the what I think I know about it. <clears throat> I think anyway. Uh, you'd get people to sign up for a weekend. So you arrive on... What year were we talking? Tommy? We're talking 60s. in the 80s and 90s. Um, people sign up for a weekend. You arrive on the Friday, head home, maybe Monday morning or Sunday evening. You're brought into a room. There are, say, 12 mattresses and there are 24 people. Um, and you pair up and you're going to mind one another. Um, there is a dose of ketamine given. So ketamine is a horse tranquilizer, everybody knows that. It uh, can, it, it doesn't paralyze the body, but it the body kind of... Fluidity. Uh, the body becomes less relevant and the head goes galloping. Then you start this deep, Holographic, holographic, holot- holotropic breathing. <laughs> and he's playing these fucking these drums. So drums and drugs and <laughs> and mattresses and <laughs> and you do it for a long time, and then he's able through his words and through some sort of yoke to get you to reimagine being born. And for everybody, it's trauma. It's the trauma of, of course, because it's that it is it's that feeling of. Uh, I wonder if that where claustrophobia comes from. That feeling of or all escape. of a sudden, you're just you're being fucking squashed. <laughs> Aren't Which you? you're probably not aware of that squashing until but you're it, out. But they were, there, there are people saying that, that you are the aware body of holds the memory of it. That, that the trauma of being born... And is, how you were born. Yeah. And so what he does is, um, a fella was writing about the whole experience and he said, so his partner went first. Not his par- He'd never met this person before. 
but the partner takes the drugs. And the other person sits there and doesn't And just minds them. So, and the, the psychiatrist is walking around making sure that everybody is, well, nobody's okay, but that nobody's having a psychotic experience. And the fellow who's telling the story says, um, I was with this person and next thing they were screaming and bawling. Overcome with emotion, tears. Now this is somebody who drove into the car park. Half an mm. hour before that. Mm. Right. And is they're weeping. Like soul heaving. <gasps> Just fucking floods of tears. And he is kind of um Minding them and assessing he, it, he's been told how to mind them. Like, just make sure, just put your hand on their forehead. You can't do anything for them, really, other than you know, you're providing some sort of a structure of something, maybe. And he was watching this and he was going, Man, This person's obviously off the fucking charts because I'm very uh, normal. Mm. And I'll tell you one thing it's not fucking crying I'll be doing. The following day, he did it and he said the same. I was fucking weeping. I've, he said, I'd never cried in such a huge way. Do you know when the, And you remember it, do you? Yeah, do you want know, you know, you know a baby comes out and yeah, they're, they're fucking... Yeah, <gasps> yeah, yeah. Well, like and he was saying he did the fucking same the thing. So then I wonder if you're, if you're sectioned, yes. you're taken out by section, are you can fine? Be, can be completely traumatic as well. It depends on your journey of how you came into the world. Was it, was it, what do you call it when they put in the, Forceps. Calipers. Calip- the forceps and that's for your feet, and is it? It's on the head and the baby comes this way. It's that moment. Is this calipers? Is that that thing they, they, widen, they widen it out with forceps? Forceps. The forceps. Oh, calipers to make the, the birth canal bigger. Is it? Well, right. all it's those all, things were used. But it's about that moment. How was your journey into hairy. this world? They say if you just whoosh, whoosh. I watched the, the, the start of... Um, the Tour like, de France. No, the guy, you know, the Stockholm syndrome. You know what Stockholm syndrome is, is yes. Stockholm Waterman. Stockholm, Stockholm syndrome. syndrome. You know what that is? I can't remember. Munchausen's disease. No, What's Stockholm, Stockholm? Stockholm, Stockholm syndrome. syndrome was based on this fella. It's a true story. It's on Netflix at the minute. Stockholm syndrome, to my best explanation, is when you are being kidnapped by somebody and oh, yeah. you start feeling sorry for the, you you have you start to agree with them for the for that's the kidnapper right. yeah so i think that's so if you're kidnapped probably not by the a, best way to explain it but you understand what i mean so, so if you're kidnapped by a terrorist group who yes. have strong political views and they hold you for 9 months and you come out and you're and going you, you f- i sorry for them i agree with them yeah. i agree with them yeah you've got a, you've you're um show emotion towards them. So yeah. that's Stockholm syndrome. So this fellow that it was based on was a fellow called Clark Olufsen or something like that. And that was the, the beginning of the documentary or the, the, the series is him being born and the mother's there roaring, get this little creep out of me, get yeah. him out of me. And then it goes, shoots right into the womb and it's got this little, like it's got him as a baby onto the... Um, the cord umbilical on that cord and it says right, he's got like a fully adult face and he's like oh fuck this I need to get out of here and then it just like shoots the whole way out and then the baby arrives out it's a really interesting so h- how do they connect the, so he, the Stockholm Syndrome with he, it's based on this person no but, but how do they connect him his to reaction it. to being kidnapped to his experience in, in the womb no but that's just the start of it this is how it, this is how 
the documentary starts or the series starts of him being born because he's the fella that Stockholm Syndrome yeah, is but, based but on. Yeah, there's got to be a, the, the thing is what happened at his birth. But sure, this is the whole series. It's, I only watched a half of the episode last night. There's It's a series of episodes. So it's a... What did it, he say in the womb? I got to get out of here. Yeah, and it's like he basically, he's born always as you remind me of when you say a child is born he puts his hand up with the mother's belly he's like, right, I'm here, I'm off, I'm fucking yeah. going off. So this is what it's like. He's there going, I'm ready to get out out of here let me fucking out and then the next thing he bursts out and the baby is born and then it just shows a series of his life there's like this fast forward of his life from when well, he's, he's born the whole way through all the trouble that he causes all the things that he does wrong he he's he's a con artist basically and he starts you know it's all building up to how Stockholm Syndrome so becomes flew, a thing that's interesting that they fly through his life because he flew out of the womb and is it, there's loads of different things about how well, that, you that, were born I don't know is that, that you can that, fly through life this is the, it's all about that moment first seconds of life I, I or you should watch it it's funny it's it's interesting the way it starts off and then like it's in the he's probably born in like the 40s or something mm-hmm. and it just goes through so it's it's now it just gives you a big flash forward of what his life is and then it Starts again, then and it shows. So, you if somebody offered, up, if somebody offered you the opportunity to do that, I don't know. I, I, and drums whatever and about doing it, I wouldn't want thing. to be a partner and do it afterwards. I'd like to be the first one to go. I don't think because I think if I'm standing there watching, I'm like, oh fuck, I'm not doing this. There's loads of rebirth and counselling and rebirth like classes it? that don't take the drug. Do you, think, you don't have to take a drug well, to do a rebirth well, course. Do you not? No, it's you all. Not? It's all about. It's there's a rebirth. A lot of people go back. And you don't have to take the drugs. But what's the point of it? They want to revisit how you came into to the world. To acknowledge trauma. And acknowledge what happened at that particular but moment between mom and baby and you left possibly the safest place you've ever been and the nicest place and the warmest place and the most happiest place you've ever been in the world was in the womb and how you've come into this other world and how but those how minutes... Hours, 17 hours of labour, all this shit that goes on. Labour is just, every labour is completely fucking different. But how did that person come into the world has a has a, has a, a direct effect on how they live their well, life? I don't know. And what pace it? they do. And what it pace sound, it sounds like you think your birth had a huge yeah. effect on you. No, I'm just on about that. You, it's like you're on about your man, the Stockholm Center. Then they had a fast forward of all the stuff he's done in his life. Sure, he flew out of the womb. He was like a lamb. Sure, I don't know. That's, that so, was but that's the... how they portrayed it in the movie. It was a fast forward and all the shit he's done and all that mate it's no, a direct correlation between how you're born that they say the experts say and the rebirthers of how you go through and your who life who does I'd like to actually hear a doctor saying that it's it's but if you all you have to do is Google into this world of rebirth. You Google in it, yeah, it's a different thing. Yeah, but like, surely if you have sure, a beautiful, I mean, relaxed, anything. happy birth, so that's why people want to have their births at home. That's why they want a water birth. They want a baby to come in straight into water. And be at one. But that doesn't mean it's going to be a, tra- a less kno- traumatic. Who, who birth. knows? Who knows? All I'm saying is that every birth is different, and people do go back to rebirth again and try and get rid of. I don't know they if have. you do that though. What's the benefit of doing this thing that you're talking about with your man Ivor that was doing it? What's the benefit of it? Like, what does it mean that when you're finished this experience think at it, the end of the weekend that you're going to? I think have you're, a I think it's about admitting that something happened to you. It's about admitting that. It, you found that thing traumatic, and by but did it we reliving? All yeah, I, I don't know. And by From re- darkness but, into light, by reliving it, that you kind of, I'd be. Af- I think I would be afraid of the emotion of it. Yeah, but then does That's it stop afterwards? Of. Like I was interested to hear that your man said that he remembered it. I thought once it was over, it was like having a one of those 
things you wouldn't ex- okay. necessarily remember yeah. the detail of it or are you only remembering the detail of it because the partner beside you hasn't taken it and they relay it to you like are you going to leave with is it over once you the drugs have worn off I don't know um well, then you wouldn't like to stoke up something if, if it wasn't going to be over. Like, if you're happy enough as you are, well, then mm. what's the point? Well, you see, ketamine and all them would open the brain and open the parameters of imagination and everything, wouldn't it? So yeah. But then, would you not want it again? That's what I'd be worried about. That's ketamine. I... Do you not be like, oh, that was lovely, I'd have it again next weekend? Would it not be that the... the it's the, it's not a social thing. It's kind of like you're 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 facing... Into, I think people who do it are very brave. I think to should we do it? A rebirthing weekend as an experience. A, we, a rebirthing weekend. I'd be afraid of doing it. I'm just interested. But in if you organise it, I will turn up. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ah! <laughs> Myself and Paul Galvin were sent to Germany to test drive some cars. What? Paul Galvin of the Kerry football fame. And uh, when you say test drive. We were invited over a load of really rich people from If Ireland. you ever agreed to do anything like that, Tommy, you'd be sent off and things like that too. See, I, I, I'm, I am not able to comfortably accept pose for yeah, photographs. He doesn't even get anything sent here anymore. No. He doesn't accept any gifts like yeah, this. Yeah, well, I just, if you want to send anything, you can send yeah. it. And you can just put it for the attention of Lorita or Hector, Hector or both you. of us. Exactly. So, Tommy. at the time, there was all these people who were in the public eye and I had... I was driving for Galway. I was wondering where you were. I was Audi Galway, right? And it was, I, was I couldn't s- find him. I was like, where's he hiding the poor guy? He's off. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That's where I'm looking from. He's in the public eye. So uh, I was doing it for a couple of years for Audi Galway. And then myself and Galvin met at Dublin Airport. And we got ferried to the Nuremberg Ring, a very famous racetrack in central Germany with a load of other Customers, clients, some lad from Dublin had just won the lotto, right? And he was all right, heck, that was the story. He's getting a few points in the Dublin airport. And I was there, like, uh, there was another one from one of the richest families in Ireland. I won't mention who it is. And there's another few. I knew by the cut of the, 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 the jib of these lads and these women that they had money and that they liked Audi. But they why liked were they bringing the, the, the richest people? Like, why would they be bringing Because they them? were customers who were buying R8s, the ones that cost 100 and 200 grand's worth of cars. They're buying S8s. They're buying really high-end Audi cars. They're, they're spoiling them. 
like like the Vintners Association of Ireland would bring the top performing publicans to Portugal for a week or major supermarkets bring all the major families away to Portugal for a week these things happened they were spoiling them junkets and you so, uh, and me and the way Acast sent us a sweatshirt <laughs> <laughs> similar to that now Tommy and, except we, me would, and Galvin, we didn't have to go and pick it up in me Germany. and Galvin knew we were going and he was writing his book at the time we had great I, 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 we were we had met each other a couple of times gone to a United game and we were He's so a fine block of a man, a, isn't he? He's a good lad, yeah. He's a good man now. And he's written his new story about threads, it's called. New book out. He's a, about the story of clothing in this country and men who I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if I got the call for... Uh, to be a model. To be a well, model should be interviewed Paul. by him. Just yeah, in terms yeah, yeah. Of the threads. His book is called Threads and it's a good book. I don't book think he's Tommy, really exposed I know what I'm going to get you for Christmas. To... I'm going to get him the Paul Galvin Threads book. Don't tell him now. So I know, but you're look at it. Uh, he'd forget, he'd forget. We it. flew over to Nuremberg Ring, centre of Germany, and we're given all these cars to drive the R8, the sports car. We were getting and one of the great racetracks of the world. And we were given an RS8 to drive one of my favourite cars, five litre petrol estate. And then after 100 miles in Bavarian in the forest, we were given an RS4. Me and Galvin had we sat in with each other and we drove and test drove. So it was a weekend of this. But as we pulled in in the Nuremberg Ring, they were asking us really strange things to do in the R8. It's a supercharged sports car. And your man with this... The, the to each other, like, and to be filmed. <laughs> you so, drive an aisle. So, no, so you were, going, so you were going around the, you were going around the Nuremberg Ring, which is a really cool track, and you're all on walkie-talkie, and you could hear it opening up the cars. This is a very, very powerful car. And then he would teach you how to hit the ABS system. So when you hit a bollard at about 100 kilometres an hour, he would say, now hit the ABS system. And then the car, the flashlights on the, the lights on the back of the R8 would lift up and your car would glide. And he wants you to glide in between these bollards. So it shows you that when you're in a moment of panic and you think you're going to be in a crash, most cars nowadays have an ABS braking system and we don't hit that braking system hard enough to engage the braking system which means the four tyres lock but yet the car can be steered away from what's incoming whether it's a pedestrian whether it's a pedestrian or a car or a van or someone crossing the road you can still manoeuvre the car when the ABS anti-brake system is engaged and he said the majority of people don't hit the fucking brake hard enough so your man went do you remember the movie uh, Hong Kong Fooey whoa whoa where's this dude from Germany. It's Germany. <laughs> I thought he was from Galway first. He's a, he's a professional driver. He goes, you remember the karate kick? I want you to break the brake. When I say brake, you drive that brake as hard as you can through the bottom of the floor of the car. So we're all going around trying to do it. Around we go, hit. He goes, no, 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 no. Turn around, back up. those 10 R8s in this, RS8s. So next minute, I hit it. Boom. And he goes, better. Now steer. I'm hearing him on the yoga and I'm steering. And the car goes into almost... You're just like in a dream. You can steer around. You've hit the brakes. You know your target's in front of you, but you can steer around your target. That's what ABS... Did you, you didn't feel in any danger. No, but he says that is what you do when you think you're, you have ABS. You don't t- touch the brake. You engage it with a kick that will drive it Maybe out Maybe when you floor. know you have ABS, not when you think you have it. Because if you don't have it... Most then cars nowadays have ABS, but he says we don't engage it. Anyway, cut a long story short. We pulled in in these supercar Too late for that. I love it, Tommy. Anyway, wheezy laugh at me. (laughs) (laughs) So, so what we did was we pulled into this all the pit stop lanes where the Formula One cars are, and all these cars are all these technical teams are out for Audi, and there's all these we're all in our jumpsuits, and I looked to the left, and this. Le Mans type fucking 
massive fucking Audi comes in like a fucking Lamborghini, but it's not, and it's got all. It just looks out of this world, and this car goes by me, and then all these technicians come out and start putting pipes into the side of it, and the doors lift, and this guy gets out in a fucking futuristic spacesuit type thing, and I go, and he's all or Red Bull all over it and it's a Red Bull Audi supercharged car and then I went over to the German technician that was with us I went what's going on there and he goes oh yeah that's Max Baugana he's just in testing cars I said what who? he said that's Max Baugana I said no fucking way I said Max Baugana no fucking way he goes yeah yeah he's doing a bit of testing now he's driving for Audi and Red Bull and I said I just seen this guy this is the guy that just went 129,000 feet last year into the sky on his own, powered by a massive fucking shoot. 129,000 feet. You know Max Bauganer? Like, no. I feel like you fucking do know Max Bauganer. It's 10 years last I never week heard of him. since he fucking did it. Did what? He jumped out of a fucking thing in space and says, I'm coming oh, home and, now. And, and dive ah, down. Yes, Please, yes, I heard about him. Where did he land? He fucks Caltra. <laughs> no, he did. He did a, a, the world's yes, highest free yes. fall. So for months and years, this well, guy—he he had to come. He came from another planet into Ireland, into your, into, your, into Earth. Like he came not, out, not he came from, from another, another planet. Or, I mean, I, he, he came into. Um, he came into Ireland. No, he didn't. He came from Krypton. Outers. He was trapped in a place of no, glass. I thought you said he came, he came out. He went out of space. He came from Kryptonite. He came from some sort so, of... Uh, another planet. So Red Bull... Space shuttle Red, or something. Red, Red Bull had made this small little fucking thing and it had a massive, massive parachute and it was powered by a rocket. So for, for years, he's been skydiving and free-falling and they decided to break the world record. So he decided to t- go up and he had all the spacesuit on him and it was like a rocket, but it was his own little small one. And they were at Nassau, at Cape Canaveral or wherever near the desert. In the, and, and off he went. 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 max, you're doing well. Okay, you're still there. Into outer space. Into outer now, space. Now, I told you he left Earth. He left Earth 129,000 feet above Earth. And then, okay, Max. Can I, can, I, can we just check that? Because I think I, I want. I, you, I, you don't think he left Earth? I, no, I, I 129,000 feet. Can we just check it? Can we just, just, Where will I put you, it? In the interests of. Uh, spell his name now Max Baugana. Max. Max. B O. B A U G A M. B A U G. What the fuck is this? Is this the fucking today tonight? How do you spell his name? Max Baugana. No. That's the way you it's say it. It's definitely not BA. Just put in Max Red Bull one twi- Max uh, Space Space Jump. Uh, biggest It's one hundred fr- Tommy, I know this because I fucking am interested in this. You know and last year was the ten year celebration. Yes, yes. So No, but hang on, just let's get the facts first before. It's one hundred and twenty. No successful space dives above hundred kilometres has been completed. That's hundred fucking kilometres. <laughs> it's hundred and twenty nine. Just go in and Max Red Bull Space Dive. Max Baugana, Max German, B A M U G A N T N E R. Max Baugana. You, 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 too much information. It's not fucking t- Max Max ba- Bomganger will be forever the man who, in front of a global audience of millions, watched the mission live. Yes, go on, keep going. How long? Felix took off, ascended to a height of 39 kilometres. Wow. 39 kilometres. 24.5 miles. Yes. 128,000 feet in a so stratospheric it. balloon. Thank you. So he what, went, what was it? 128,000. 
And what did, what did I say? So up he goes, up he goes. And he leaves, Hector, he, leaves the earth, he leaves the earth's atmosphere. Everything turns to black above him. His glass starts... His name was Felix, just oh, not Felix, Max. Oh, so yeah. that's why, why I couldn't call him find Max him. Ba- Felix Balgana. Yes, just, Felix. Max was the guy that was on porn the... Star. So he goes up into the... It's just... And it was 10 years last year since he did it to a global audience of He achieved the fastest free fall yeah. speed of... A human. 843... Yeah, I'm with Paul Four, Galvin. 843.6 yes, miles per I'm hour. I'm with Paul Galvin. Well, excuse me. Sorry You're for not inter- to my interfering. Story. The fucking Felix Bogana comes out of a car beside me looking like a space astronaut. He said, who's that? And he goes, that's the, that's Felix Bogana. And I went, oh. I didn't think Paul Galvin sounded like that. And then I went, he's just, that's the guy. And it was only a month since he'd done that. So 10 years this year and last week he jumped out and what did he do when they said okay uh, you've broken the world record are you ready and he goes what did he do his thing was fogging up and they were going are you ready Felix and he's like I can't see I don't know should I go I go okay we're going to do this what what was he jumping from a little small little module capsule that he went up on his own yes with a massive chute that brought him right up it powered him the whole way up a canopy and then he was there and was it tell me was there no so when he's re-entering the earth's atmosphere he's falling at fucking hundreds of miles 800 miles an hour he was going to land like in did he did he how the hell how does he control the landing he's over a desert okay so desert desert, does he not get burnt re-entering no 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 Burnt. No, yeah. Well, re-entering the space atmosphere is not no, turbulent and no, hot. No, and stuff. no, 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 because he wasn't coming in like a the, a rocket. So what he did was that it was just an amazing bit of fucking television, and it was ten years ago. He just swiveled around the chair in the little capsule. He opened the seatbelt. He pressed the button, and the side of the door opened, and it's black, and he's in space, and down below him is Earth, and he goes. <sighs> Max, can you hear me? Or Felix? <laughs> well, he's Max. It must be Max. Must be his Sorry, we Max on the line. And his wife and his family are down at space control underneath in the desert and they're all watching it and hundreds of millions of people are, and he goes, wouldn't it have been funny if like, he just came fucking 800 miles an hour? <laughs> but, but how did he steady his speed if he jumped out Okay, well, you wait. I'm trying to paint a picture here. Well, you You're telling two it. different stories at the same yeah, time. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. And then he goes, the, the chair swivels out and the door slides open and at 129,000 feet above the 128,795 feet, he sort of swivels out a little bit yeah. and he goes out another little bit. And then what did he say? What did he fucking I'm say? I'm coming. I'm coming home. Oh. And he just jumps. And for about a minute and a half, he's traveling at hundreds of kilometers an hour. And he's gone down. Now he's a. He's but he has no suit on him. He's just going down by himself now. You said he opened the door. <laughs> Why did he open the door? Did he get out of the fucking suit thing he that he was wearing? He opened the key. And how did he know when he was getting close to earth that he was going to slow down? I mean, if he went down into fucking earth at 843 miles an hour, he'd have fucking made a hole in the earth. He'd have landed in another country or another world. Australia, probably, or somewhere. <laughs> Like, like, where did he land in America? <laughs> did he land in fucking Calcutta? Did he land? How did he know where space? How did he know the equivalent where he was in space was going to be the country that he wanted to go to in the Europe, in the world? He's the people fucking working with him like a space cadaver. You said he opened the door and got out <laughs> of the fucking suit. 
But how did he not? Like, I did don't understand. Was it not windy? Was it going to get blown away? Like, how the fuck did he go, okay, I'm over fucking Florida now. I'll just drop off. He has hundreds of people working. But you said he this. came out of the fucking pul- the fucking box he was in or whatever. With the chair. What did he have? Like a fucking air, what do you call it? This, then is, this is a male. And I thought there was no, I thought you just flew around in space anyway. Is that not the whole point of space? You just float around in it. Did he have a parachute on him or what? too many questions. Let's, I'm, I'm Can't picking answer all of them. Yeah, well, I'm not sure Let's about take this a break. fucking story. I mean, you should have just kept... So he opened the door. Off the thing and he jumped out. And made the damn thing on him. Only a fucking spacesuit. <laughs> like, how the fuck did he, he just go down? With a pair of speedos. And what happened when he came to the end of space and the beginning of Earth? So How he, did he manage he started, to... He started falling really fast. fine. Free and falling. Free falling. And it's fine. And he's falling down 100 kilometres an hour. With the parachute? No, he doesn't. Has it opened No, no, you don't open any parachute yet. Because he's still in space. He's falling. And he's, he's, this is what he's been... <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's still in space. And all the way down. And all of a sudden, he moved his arm the wrong <gasps> way. And he started Indicator. flipping. Turning over left. and turning over and turning oh over gosh. and spinning Uh-oh. for the next four or five minutes, he started spinning so like rapidly. He lose consciousness. Yeah. So the brain at that stage, there's this thing that happens. That, I don't know what they call it, but the brain starts really bleeding. You can have bleeds on the brain, and they're all going, "Oh Jesus!" So he had to try and stop the spinning. And the boys were talking about how how much free falling he'd done and how you can combat this. That would have this. been his vestibular And so he hit apparatus. another button on the spacesuit that he had and that filled it with a bit of air and he got his arm out and all of a sudden after five minutes of spinning to his death to the fucking flying down he just he steadied himself and then he goes and then he all and then the way, he went down and then he straight went down, down straight down and then he hit the parachute and all he wanted to do when he when he saw the desert and it's at the landing after coming down 128,750 feet you want to see the landing it was majestic he just came in and it was just dum dum Dumb. And down he went. He got down on his knees and he just lifted his hands. And, and what was the first <clears> thing he wanted to do? You said he wanted to do something when he got down there. What was the first thing he did, you said, when he got down? Oh, he just got down on his hands and knees, but he said, I'm coming home. But there we were, me and Paul Galvin. And there was just like him after Felix, coming out of space. Felix Baugana. And he was there, the Red Bull, 10 years ago this year that he jumped. And was, was he? D- it's an amazing piece of television. Was he to drive I, the car fast as well? Yeah, in, he, in the, he speed, the need for speed, the need for free fall, and wow. the need for. And what's he doing to with himself now? I don't know what he does now, but he's. Can you do that like What do you do? Left? What do you do after that? Um, magnificent. So with, magnificent feat of. Of we human must watch endeavor. It. Is there a documentary? Yeah, go about on it? YouTube and don't put in Max, put in Felix Baugana. Um, you, so you, you went over there t- to Germany and you drove these cars. Yes, supercharged um, RS6s and RS4s and R8s. RS8s. And was there a reason for it apart from the crash? It was a bit of junket. It was a junket. Okay. It was a they, didn't, they didn't give you an Audi when you came home? Or? No, I was driving for Audi at the time. Yeah. When you say driving for Audi, what do you mean? I was, I was an ambassador for okay. Audi for four or five years. Okay. So I was being spoilt with lovely cars. Oh, lovely. And this was spoiled onto a different level. This was like taking you, you're a BMW driver, and so are you, Louis. This is like taking you to Bavaria, to the home of uh, BMW, and spoiling you with the supercharged M5 well, and all that. that sort of stuff. Where you're just, it's well, a, if you like cars and you like manipulating gears and you like power and no. you like steering and you like driving fast, it, it was just a. Sp- it was just a bit of a junket. But anyway, that's my story about Red Bull and Felix Baugana. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, Togare, eh, Marjano? 
Loretta, serious <clears throat> outro, Tommy. Like, Loretta, your questions will be answered by our technical team. There's 27 well, questions. I'll have a few questions in this for Felix if I ever got <clears throat> to meet him. Were you talking to him when you met no, him? No, no, he was in a spacesuit, but I just stood. Oh, in the car, a spacesuit. He was in a spacesuit in the car. He had a special suit on in the car. Ah, what? Because you need and special suits all the time. And did you have one on? I had a jumpsuit. A jumpsuit? I had one of those zippy, zippy yokes. And remember, if you ever have to use your ABS, Hong Kong Fui, break this break hard. Break hard. Break hard. Like this. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.